The following podcast contains spoilers and language that our mothers would prefer we did not use. Like, mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody out there. Welcome back to We Watched a Thing. It's Billy and Topher. How you been, mate? I'm travelling fine, thank you. How about yourself? Mate, I'm, yeah, I'm not bad. I'm doing okay. Great. <laughs> Good content. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> um, mate, we've got, we've got some, some new, some new viewing this week. Brand new release. True story. I think we mentioned it last week. We haven't had a good run lately. Like, thankfully, we got a nice reprieve with the groove last week, but- It wasn't part of last week's episode, but kind of as soon as we'd finished recording, you were like, oh, thank God. Yeah. We didn't have to watch the kind of thing, because we'd- you, you then went through our past kind of four or five episodes before the groove, and it was a cold streak. Yes. So, I was excited to get to this, which is currently at, at a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Doesn't mean anything. No, but it's it's been very, very well received, this movie. The majority of people are big fans. People jumping on the LMM train maybe claim that you're into In the Heights before before anyone even knew what <laughs> Hamilton was. Yeah. That, look, maybe there's some of that going on. <laughs> Let's find out. Uh, as you as you alluded to, yes, the film is In the Heights, a 2021 American musical drama film based on the stage musical of the same name by Kiera Algira Hudes and Lin-Manuel Miranda, directed by John Chu from a screenplay by Hudes. It stars Anthony Ramos, Corey Hawkins, Leslie Grace, Melissa Barrera, Olga Merides, and Jimmy Smits. And what is it about, Toph? It's about the version of the American dream that exists in Washington Heights, I guess. Yeah. Uh, about the only thing I knew about this going in was that the Heights did refer to Washington Heights, an area that I think I first became aware of at the end of Frances Ha. I think she mentions that she's thinking about getting a place in Washington Heights. Um, so I think that's as far back as me and Washington Heights go. You got much of a relationship to Washington Heights, Billy? I've been to Washington Heights. I kind of just strolled through it. <laughs> not, not really much of a story to tell about it, uh, but that's fine because this movie doesn't have much of a story to tell about it either. <laughs> I did say to you yesterday in a in a mild spoiler because you hadn't watched the film yet that professional dancers have better bodies than us. <laughs> professional dancers are yet to embrace the dad bod. Um, I think. I mean, I think they're missing out. I don't know how others feel about it, but some good rigs. In this film. Maybe we need to write Dad the Musical. <laughs> just <laughs> Finally, white dads can be seen. <laughs> just dads arguing over who has the better grill. <laughs> Looking at people's drills in the garage going, ah, yeah. right, you went with the, you went with the brushless. <laughs> just a whole number about a dad picking out a lawnmower. <laughs> yes. Good stuff there, I feel, actually. <laughs> Talking uh, about war movies. <laughs> oh, love it. We should we should get on that. I, th- I think I think we've uh, I think we're onto a winner there. All right, coming soon. <laughs> um, so this film, long time in the making. The stage musical came out, I believe, in two thousand six, and Universal first picked this up in two thousand eight. And it was going to film in 2011, but then it was cancelled. So, long time coming. Cancelled in like the literal sense, not the 
yes. cancel in the heights. <laughs> yes. Um, it actually, to be honest, it surprises me that this film was picked up back then kind of before the uh, the height of, of Hamilton. Yeah, this was already wanted as a screen adaptation pre-Hamilton. Yeah, because my understanding is that this was the kind of thing that, you know, real musical theatre nerds knew about. Like, I'm assuming your sister was a fan of In the Heights possibly before Hamilton, but for the majority of people, nobody really knew what this was. I I was very surprised to learn that this was picked up back then. I wonder, I'm, yeah, curious to know who was kind of attached back then, actually. That information may be out there on them internets and I just didn't dig hard enough to find it, uh, or at all. Here's what I can read is that Kenny Ortega was set to direct the film uh, and the reason it was cancelled was due to Universal looking for a bankable Latino like Shakira or Jennifer Lopez instead of unknown actors. Did and you just say Jennifer Lopez? Yeah, it's more fun to say that way. Okie dokie. <laughs> and I believe that uh, Lin-Manuel possibly had something to say about them, you know, looking for, for someone big or I, I'm not exactly sure, but- was really interested to see that the director of this film also directed a G.I. Joe film. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I was like, oh, wow. Like, it's just a- Like, on the face of it, it seems like a really weird mix to be doing musicals and action. But then, after about three seconds thought, it actually makes a ton of sense. Like, action and musicals, putting them both on screen, both involve a lot going on visually- a lot of noise, a lot of things that need to be choreographed. Yeah, that's true, with, actually. With the exception, like, yeah, you're just, you're just exchanging punches for high notes. And it's, I think, actually, it makes a ton of sense. That's absolutely true. I mean, you think about Spielberg doing West Side Story. Makes complete sense. You're right. What you really want is to, to somehow capture the energy of a live performance without any live performance. It, it it actually must be very difficult to choreograph these things because not only are you choreographing the, the performance, the dancers, you then have to think about the choreography of the camera. And it is funny that there are times in this film where there's a lot of dancing going on, but there's also a lot of close-ups, so you're missing a lot of it. So it, it must be hard to kind of strike that balance between the choreography of the dancing and the camera. That's right, because if you just set the camera back and be like, all right, I'm just going to have the camera here and you can just watch everyone dance, then it's like, well, well, then why is this a movie? That's correct. You, you, yeah. just, you just film people dancing on a stage and save yourself the bother of making a movie, which famously really hard to do. I think there's a really good balance in the direction and editing of showing the staging of these pieces, but still servicing the characters in there, I actually give the direction pretty high props for that. Like, you think about the first big number um, in The Heights, mm, yeah. which really is directed- Like, that is an action sequence. Yeah. It really is. Like, there's a lot of- I haven't actually seen the whichever G.I. Joe film <laughs> is. Um, but, like, yeah, I can, like, totally see this director doing action stuff because that first sequence with the cutting, this film, for me- out of the gate, this film comes with a really good energy in that opening number. Yeah, look, I, I I agree. I I have kind of a lot to say about this movie, and it was not um not what I expected. And I'm a little bit worried that I'm going to get some hate mail later on from musical and and Lin Manuel fans. But for the most part, I agree. I think that the direction was really good. I do think that there are some numbers that suffer from some over editing. 
which is a typical action movie problem as well. I think there are some numbers where there are too many cuts. Um, and there's one number in particular where, it, and again, this is that difficult relationship between the choreography and, and the camera where a couple is spinning as part of the dance. And there's a couple of times during that sequence where I felt like the camera crossed the line. It is kind of hard, I guess, to position that camera without crossing the line while the characters are physically moving that much. But it, it did throw me a little when it happened. But I think overall, the look of the film is is quite nice. And I agree with you that I think they've done a very good job of capturing the energy of the performances while still having it look like an actual film. On the look of the film, I do have one question for you, which I found interesting the first couple of times it happened. And then by the end, I was like, yeah, okay, I can actually get on board with this style. How did you feel about the 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 very small animated segments during dance numbers, such as uh, there's a point where she's kind of looking at a fence and she starts drawing like a subway map and that pops up. Or dur- during the lottery number, when there's you know they're swinging these animated golf clubs and pulling out these animated objects, it's it's kind of a bit strange at first, but I actually quite liked it. Yeah, I dug it. I thought that the the style of the the graphics treatment itself worked well with the rest of the look of the film. Um, I actually wonder even if you're going to do it, go a bit bigger with it and have it be less sporadic. I agree. That's my one thought about it because it kind of, that's the only reason it kind of threw me is because it happens so rarely that it's not like a consistent style. I I would have rather had much more of it, I think. Yeah. Like I'm not talking going full bed knobs and broomsticks, just (laughs) like really embrace it. Yeah. Um, Side note, can you hear the word sporadic without thinking about clueless? (laughs) (laughs) There's this- Really sort of sun-drenched, high-colour look to the film going on. I was not surprised um, when I did a little bit of reading afterwards and saw that Do the Right Thing was an inspiration for the look of the film, which, of course, was set on the hottest day of summer. Yeah. And those bright popping colours was part of visualising that feeling. In some ways, I think it's quite uncool to go big, bright colours these days in films, I think- if you're trying to be trendy, I think you go more gritty. muted, grounded, yeah. gritty, exactly. Because um, big, bright colours, it feels a bit more 90s video clip. Yeah. If, if you like. Um, personally, I back the choice for this story, for these characters. I agree, yeah. I think the look of that, the film with this kind of, it tends to be like in, in outside shots, there's this big use of the sun as a backlight. Yes. But- it's the image is still balanced really nicely and you're still getting this kind of sun-drenched look despite working against the inherent contrast, if you like, of having such a strong backlight. I, I agree. I think, yeah, colour, it's a very warm film. There's a lot of orange tones, lots of, yeah, as you say, sun lighting. Um, and I think for what this is, it, it does work perfectly. There's nothing gritty about this story at all. It's 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 a very- soft story and i think you're right it's a very smart choice for the for the look of the film to match that it's a hell of a it's got to be a hell of a labor intensive way of shooting you just think about the amount of cuts in this film like you said there's at least one number where for you it cuts too much 
there's a lot of sequences where I think like insert shots and things are used really well. Yep. And like you compare that to Alfonso Cuaron knocking out like two minutes of a film in a single shot. Yes. And it's like, sweet, I just banked two minutes of a movie in one yeah. shot, which like I, I'm not, I am absolutely not having a go at Alfonso Cuaron. He's an absolute master of long takes. But, you know, you just think of the difference of, sweet, I just banked two minutes of film to, all right, now I need a shot of this because yeah. I need it for the next six frames of this script. Yes. I just think it must have been, I don't know how many units were going on the film, but the amount of actual individual shots required for this movie- yeah, look, I I agree. And I think that on the long take thing, look at La La Land, for example. I think there are absolutely ways where you can have this kind of energy in a long take without needing that many cuts. I absolutely think it can work. And it would have been interesting to maybe see a little more of that done in this film. That being said, I, as I said, for the most part, I think the look of the film is pretty good and it does do a good job of capturing everything it needs to. Yeah, I'd probably probably like you. I, I wouldn't mind it if there were longer shots that if you can if you can move the camera around to still show the the abilities of these people yes. as they as they're doing numbers um without just locking off the camera and being like, well why is this a movie? Yeah. yeah. Um which yeah, geez, I, I I don't need that job, and I couldn't do that job. Um, that would be really very hard. But on the flip side, there are times where the insert shots and things are used to really great effect in the movie, I think. Like going back to the first number where things like doors closing and this kind of thing are used as part of the rhythm of a number. Yes. Um, which I think those choices were really actually pretty great in yeah. the moment. So I think for me on the whole, I, I do really like the directing and editing, if the audience was 100% Tophers, I probably would like more longer shots, but that's I like I'm nitpicking. Yeah. No, I agree. And on those insert shots, uh, one thing I, I do particularly like is that this must be a completely different experience as a film than it is on stage. You know, you were talking earlier about using like the closing of a door almost as part of the rhythm. You think of that opening number where someone is hosing down the street and the kind of brush of the water on the concrete is used in the beat. And there's a lot of moments like that where it must be quite heavily altered. Even the framing device, which I must say I personally am not a fan of. I'm not talking about him talking to the children. The whole framing device of the countdown to the blackout I don't personally get the reason for that. The blackout is not really a huge deal. It's not the climax of the film. I don't know why we're counting down to it. It just it it feels strange to me. I'm probably actually going to go the complete other way. I don't mind that framing device at all. And what gives me the irrits is whenever we go back to the kids, I felt I felt like it sucked the energy and the momentum out of the story. Well, and, and you famously hate children as well. Yeah, I actually didn't mind these ones. It was, more, <laughs> it was the scenes themselves. I thought the kids weren't really pestering me for once. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, now, having mentioned the momentum of the story, um, I feel th- and I feel this way about maybe every musical I have ever seen, which not a ton. Um, not going to pretend to be an expert here in musicals, but. For me, even ones that I really like, I like I don't think I've ever seen one where for me the momentum of the story carries through uninterrupted. Even in LMM's next work, The Beloved Hamilton. Yeah. There's a point in Hamilton where I'm like, 
yeah, I think we could do with something happening. And for me, with this film, I think we get, this is a guess, I'm going to say we get about 70 minutes into this film where where I was having a really good time and then it hits a wall. This film hits a very big wall. And here is where I think I'm going to lose a lot of musical or Lin-Manuel fans. I think that the filmmaking here is far, far, far stronger than the content. I, I think this film is way too long. It suffers from what a lot of musicals do, which is where the songs don't know when to end. And there are some, like the lottery song was my favorite song for the first two minutes. Now, by minute six, I'm completely over it and I don't need it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I like the lottery thing. I like the fact that it's $96,000 because, one, I'm sure that was because $96,000 they found could work well (laughs) as a lyric. But also, I just like the amount of money. Like, it's life-changing for people, but still, like, a realistic sum of money that- Yes. Like, you- I, I don't know anyone who's won 100 grand in the lottery, but you wouldn't be shocked if, like, a friend of a friend of yours had a cousin who did. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I think reasonably well played with the lottery, you know, kind of Chekhov's lottery ticket. It yes. does pay off. And and I may be alone here, but by the time it did pay off, I'd kind of forgotten about it, which I think was good. Yeah, because here's my other problem. There's very little subtlety in this. Uh, Like, there's no subtext to anything. Everything is- I think there's a little too much Chekhov's lottery ticket going on. Um, Like, there's no no guessing at any point what is going to happen about anything anywhere. (laughs) Um, Like, you don't even- there's not even any subtlety around, you know, what the character's motivations or wants is. They, They tell you every three seconds what it is they want. And I also feel like it's it's a very, uh, I kind of said it before, I think this movie is just too soft. It's very sanitized. When you get your first swear word, which is shit, about 10 minutes before the movie ends and it's it's a joke, um, I just kind of, I don't know. If this movie were an hour shorter, it could be on the Disney Channel. This is effectively like a high school musical level musical for me. And it's just not what I was expecting, I guess. Am, am I alone there? Did you feel similarly or? Um, look, I think you're right in saying that it's a, in many ways a soft, like when, when they are addressing the racism that, that the characters in the story come up against, it's because they're telling you about it. They don't really, sh- it's very tell, not show. Yes. If you like. And look, if that's what you're doing, that's okay. If the point is to make it hard hitting, it's not going to work as well, but. You know what? That may not be the point. No, that's right. And I think that's clear. I think effectively this movie is- It's supposed to be joyful. It's its not supposed to be hard hitting. It's its meant to be very light and and very entertaining. I, th- I Which I think is my problem with it is that I didn't find it entertaining enough for that. Like I'm sitting there for over two hours and I'm- I, You know, at certain points I'm getting very, very, very bored- and maybe that's just me, um, but it, that was my largest problem with the film. One of the few things I'd heard about the movie before I'd seen it was one critic I'd heard say that who had seen the musical on stage and they felt that it worked better as a film than a stage musical. Maybe you and this critic are kind of on the same page there in that you like the filmmaking and the execution more than you do the actual thing. That they're executing. For me, that's absolutely what's happening. 
Um, I mean, shall we talk about the songs, given this is a musical? Sure. So, I mean, yeah, tell, tell me your thoughts here. LMM's thing yep. doesn't work as well on me as it does a lot of people. That's not to say I don't enjoy it. Yeah. But it doesn't send, it doesn't make me rapturous in the same way that it does clearly many, many people. This production is probably more or less 50-50 for me in terms of numbers that I enjoyed and ones that I was like, this could either stand to be shorter or, you know what, this song's just not for me. Yeah. What, what about yourself? As you know, I absolutely love Hamilton and I know literally every single word to it. And I adore just about every song. I think, it get, as you said, there are some moments. I think it gets a little weaker in Act 2, but I think it's the musically very, very strong. My problem with Lin-Manuel is I've reached a point where I kind of wonder how much he's really got to give. And I think with this show, a lot of it gets quite repetitive. I feel that he's a much stronger songwriter for women than he is for men, purely because every male character ends up sounding the same because that's his style of writing. It's not It's not just that they're rapping. They all have the same cadence and beat to them. You know, like you can you can almost close your eyes during a song and pick when the beat is going to drop because it's it's it becomes very formulaic. Whereas at least the women's song, I guess, because he's not writing for a male voice, I feel like he steps outside of that box a little bit and and maybe does some more interesting things. Because, yeah, by halfway through this film, I just feel like I'm hearing the exact same beat over and over again. I, I don't know if you felt that way as well, but for me, that's my largest problem. I mean, certainly, like, from the very opening number of this film, it's like if you hadn't been told, if you didn't know that this was the same guy, and let's say, like many, like me and probably many people, you're familiar with Hamilton, you're not familiar with In the Heights, and you don't know that In the Heights comes first like whatever you, and you hear the first song in this production you're like oh i know who this is yes um, now for me that's not like how many of our favorite bands can you could you oh. put on a song that you hadn't heard before and been like oh this is clearly x band so if like if you're looking for something that you haven't got before from him if you're already a fan but just don't know this property are you going to get that i'm going to say probably not is that going to bother a lot of people quite possibly not yeah, I, I agree. I think for most people, they're not going to be bothered by it. Is it a kind of genetic hangover of stiff, upper-lipped Britishness that makes us unable to move our bodies? Really? <laughs> Is that what's going on? <laughs> I mean, I can certainly jiggle. <laughs> Does that count as body movement? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how someone would make a um, a musical based around a bunch of white people in the suburbs where we live <laughs> and not have them. It's like, and what's the choreography going to be? Um, <laughs> the I'm going to get up from the couch. <laughs> the <nut bush>. yeah. <laughs> you know, people, even people in New Zealand don't know about us doing the nut bush. Yeah, I know. I saw this the other day that that's purely an Australian thing. I had no idea that we that that was that the, the rest of the world don't partake in the nutbush kind of. I mean, it's a line dance, really, isn't it? Well, yeah. On drinking sparkling wine straight from the bottle. Yeah. 
you ever done it? I'm not a wine drinker, so no. I, I t- but I'm not a bottle drinker either. Even with a beer, I will pour it into a glass. I, I don't like. Yeah, I don't like drinking out of bottles or cans. Mm. While watching this, I was thinking about the one. T- I think the one time in my life <laughs> where I got to the point where I was drinking sparkling <laughs> wine straight from a bottle. It was a friend's twenty first. Um, everything else was gone, so we started just necking magnums of. Oh, yeah. Sparkling wine. Um, it will shock you to hear that I woke up the next morning face down in a field with an injured shoulder. <laughs> I mean, that tracks. You used to do that a lot. Remember that time you fell in a hole? I do. I do remember it. Not well, because I was far from sober. But the injury remains to this day. Correct me if I'm wrong. Were you naked? Look, I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny reports of my state of undress. <laughs> Hey, can I bring up one thing as well? And it might just be because recently we've had a few more musical films. And, you know, there's not that many musical films these days. It's I think it's picking up again. But it tends to be kind of a specialty thing. And lately the ones we've had have been at least partly live recordings. You know, like you look at Les Mis, for example. I found some sync issues with the with the dubbing in this for me. Like, I feel like there are plenty of times where their mouths don't match or at least don't match the intensity that they're singing with. And it just kind of threw me. I think that your second point is the bigger one for me. Yeah, it's not so much that the sync is out. It's just that it looks very flat compared to yeah, the like intensity so- they're like singing Yeah, like someone with. in their performance on camera is doing it reasonably like somewhat low key. Yes. Whereas you in the studio they were going for it a lot more. There there were times where yeah, that certainly didn't totally marry up on screen, did it? No, and it it just it was just another one of those things that really took me out because I I don't I don't know. And I don't really get the choice the decision for why either because to me they if anything they should be acting with more intensity. But it, it was just very flat in the, the visual performance, whereas the audio was, yeah, it just really didn't match. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do recall um, he, an interview with Hugh Jackman around the time of Lamy's about the about why they were doing it live, which is in terms of the audio recording itself, oh. it's not the way you would do it. But, of course, yeah, the plus side and the reason they wanted to do it is that, well, you know you're going to get- you know, that cho- the choice that you make on the day is the choice that will live on. Yeah, for me, uh, yeah, the, it didn't marry. We haven't really spoken about the performances yet, which is probably kind of unfair. I think most of the acting is is fairly good. Um, Anthony Ramos is, is, is good in this film. Um, I think most of the performances are good. Nothing really, uh, like, blows me away. But I, I think there's some solid performances here. The central characters I found really engaging, actually. The first time LMM pops up, I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, he's there. That's that's fine. It's not drawing that much attention to itself. And then the second time happens and it's like, okay, we've really just stopped the movie yeah. to have a minute of Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's like he's just there to have the post credit scene of the, the LMM cinematic universe. I, I know. It felt very Stan Lee, didn't it? Yes. And I cared about as much. Yeah. I watched all the way through the credits because my sister had told me that I needed to. Oh, really? I didn't. Is there a post credit scene? Yeah, there's a post credit scene. Of Lynn? <laughs> of Lynn and Chris Jackson just hanging out for 20 seconds, like at the ice truck. 
Right. And okay. I'm, you know, there may be in the Heights and Hamilton enthusiasts who find it quite gleeful. I was like, really? I sat through the credits for that. <laughs> I was like, if Aaron Burr turns up and shoots someone, that'll be funny. Yeah. But otherwise, I don't understand <laughs> why this is here. Okay, so how are you scoring this? I, I think it sounds like you're a little bit more positive than me, at least. Like I said, probably 70 minutes into this film, really enjoying myself. Yeah. I think it's a really good production. Um, I, like you, I think it is significantly too long. And for me, it definitely loses momentum. I wind up being a kind of soft positive, probably six out of ten on it. This is an odd one. I feel simultaneously harsh and generous at the same time, giving this a flat five. To me, this is it's just kind of average. I, I think the filmmaking is quite strong and picks it up. Um, nothing wrong with the performances. For me, just the content is is very, very flat. It's it's just kind of a little bit dull for me. Um, so And the green screen work of during the $96,000 is just very tough stuff. I was actually, I I kind of felt like I'd been a bit negative already, so I didn't read all of my notes, but I do think there's some sang- some very janky CG going on. The the number towards the end where they're dancing on the side of the building oh, is very, cut. very just, rough. Just very rough. Was not a fan. <laughs> and not, not, a not fan. the first time I noticed it in that exact same set, but when they started dancing on the side of the building, I just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> um yeah not 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 great all right well that's it that's it's a little bit sad i i feel bad because i know that a lot of people are loving this movie and i was really hoping that we might be some of them but and i really was for the first like third yeah okay all right what are we getting to next week my friend i don't know is it start your engines time it sure is That's right, Fast and Furious Nine. I'm so excited. Probably F9. my most nine. <laughs> Check your keyboards, fools. <laughs> Probably my most anticipated film of the year. <laughs> That's incredibly sad and true. Are we? Are we hopefully going to get to this together? I, look, I hope so. We'll see what happens. I, I really hope so. I hope so. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething, and we'll catch you next week. Watch a movie, folks. <laughs>